What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. It is Lucas and Tyler hanging out with you tonight. Uh, it's the time we're recording this. I don't know, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. It's Tyler and Lucas hanging out with you at whatever time of the day you're listening to this. <laughs> Tyler, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh I'm glad we're uh halfway through the week. Yes. Yes. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be at the end of the week. But at the time we're recording this, we're right around halfway through the week. So I'm uh I'm pretty pleased. I'm pretty pleased myself. So thanks for filling in uh on the podcast for me last week. Um I, I heard Cameron's shot at me, uh, and that, 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 was, that was that was a fair shot. That, that was good. That made me laugh. That made me laugh. Not only did you take a shot from Cam, but then you got poured on by the rain. Yeah, I experienced my first tsunami ever. Uh, <laughs> that's what it felt like. I like when I'm telling you, I was cheek to cheek with about twenty five thousand other people inside of a baseball stadium. I was literally like. There wasn't much room to breathe outside of whatever I had right in front of my face. So, yeah, uh, my wife and some of her classmates were going to the Twins game, and she got me a cheap ticket to come with. And I said, well, I'd I'd love to. I love baseball. I do. Baseball was the first sport I I learned to love. So, uh, yeah, decided to to go. And, yeah, when the Twins play the Brewers and it's college student and dollar dog night, don't go. Fair advice. Don't go. Uh, that was, I. you know, everyone says baseball is like going out, uh, not out of style, but like baseball is a dying uh, sport in America, right? Like it's not the same old pastime. You should have been at the game last night. I kid you not. I I waited 30 minutes to get a dollar hot dog. <laughs> I waited Ooh. 30 minutes. The stands were packed. I could hardly walk in between people. Like, oh. I have never seen a baseball stadium more full in my lifetime, and I've been going to baseball games since I learned how to walk. It was absurd. So there's a lesson to all major league teams. If you want to fill your seats, college student night, dollar dog night, pack the stands. Pack the stands. Bring in some special, like, pound and a half truly things. They were, man, those were, I, I'm telling you, man, it was, I had never seen a baseball stadium more hopping in my lifetime. But I mean, look. It takes a special breed to say, yeah, we're going to uh, just a regular baseball game tonight. Right. But just there are a lot more people that need some more incentive to go to baseball games nowadays. A lot of them, a lot of them, alcohol is a great incentive to go. (laughs) I was going to say, maybe alcohol is the new, uh, new route to go, but always drink responsibly friends, but always, (laughs) always. (laughs) Oh, it's good to be back, though. It's good to be back. We are missing Cameron tonight. I, I won't take any more shots at Cameron because he did do his best to join us tonight. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, he and his wife did have pre-existing plans tonight. And it was a little bit of a jumble for how we normally do our recording. So Tyler and I are hopping on the mic tonight. Uh, and you know what, Tyler? I think uh, we may as well jump into our first segment of the night. That's becoming actually a tradition on this podcast. Let's get to the it. weather. Yes, yes. I was so hoping you would enjoy that. I threw it. I threw that together in like thirty seconds today. If you're just listening to the audio on the podcast, you're like, "Why are they laughing right now? What just happened?" You need to head on over to the YouTube and just watch what happened. I put together our first ever live video clip transition. So all you heard was a nice little news intro, right? But what showed up on the screen was weather report and a nice little cloud and sunshine moving around on there too yes. i heard that on the last episode and my first <laughs> thought was all right this just needs to be a normal segment now we just need to give a weather update <laughs> on what's going on in the minneapolis st paul area because this is getting out of hand i mean we we will eventually tie it into news and notes and be you know give a weather update on you know the outlook for certain teams right see how i kind of connected it but for now, for now, we will just sit in the amazement of the Minneapolis St. Paul weather report brought to you by the fantasy football fellas. Currently in St. Paul, it is 77 degrees, partly cloudy. 
just to give some context. It is absolutely right beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It's supposed to clear off here in the next hour. It's supposed to get clear skies for sunset. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to dip down to right around 60 degrees tonight. It's going to be a nice, cool night. Wake up tomorrow morning. It's going to be a high of six, of 86, excuse me, tomorrow. So we are uh, we are in some beautiful weather here in the great state of Minnesota. And there is your weather report, courtesy of the Fancy Football Fellows for this week. And courtesy of our handy-dandy iPhones. <laughs> I had to throw it in. It was too good. It's I heard it, good. and I'm like, I, I, I'm going to shock them both. And unfortunately, Cameron <laughs> wasn't here to experience it, but he can watch it on YouTube. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it as a surprise, and he can go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> All right, let's get in to the actual content of this episode. We have another divisional breakdown this week. Uh, we are going through the AF, or excuse me, the NFC East. AFC East was last episode. The NFC East in this episode will be breaking down all the teams and players in that division. And we'll wrap out uh, the podcast with a few more mailbag questions that we didn't get to in last episode. So without further ado, Tyler, I give you the stage because it is time for hot take Ty and his hot take for the NFC East. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So uh, real quick, just to keep the people up to date on the ever growing list of hot takes that we have for this upcoming season. I'm just going to run through it real quick. Yep. AFC North Rashad Bateman will finish as a top 25 wide receiver. NFC North Deandre Swift will finish as a top three running back in fantasy this year. Last episode, the AFC East Gabe Davis will finish as a top 24 wide receiver this year. And now for the NFC East. And I've had, I've had a couple moments in previous episodes about this particular player just getting absolutely disrespected by the entire fantasy community that I will never understand, will never, ever comprehend why everyone is just falling off of this guy. If you haven't guessed it by now, and if you know me, you, you should know who this is going to be about. This is none other than Ezekiel Elliott, the starting running back. And yet you heard me right. Starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Don't get it twisted. Currently going in drafts as the running back 18. Running back 18 in fantasy drafts. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? We'll talk more about Zeke as we're going through the Cowboys. Let's just get to the hot take. Yep. This really isn't that hot of a take. The more that I think about it, it's going to be hot to everybody else. So that's, that's why that's, it's a hot take. It's not a exactly. hot take to you. I, I'm confident in this take, but it's hot to everybody else. Exactly. Hot take for Ezekiel Elliott this year. I'm looking into the camera again on this one because yep. I'm dead serious about this one. Ezekiel Elliott will finish as a top 12 running back in fantasy football this year. Suck on that, Zeke haters. What you going to do? Get all up in our comments and be angry? But Pollard was more efficient with his touches. Okay, then explain to me where his volume is that Zeke has. Who's getting paid more? (laughs) By a substantial amount. Who's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys? Dave Kluge. I loved that tweet so much from Dave Kluge of Football Guys. Yes. Jerry Jones, he cares more about the money he's investing into his players. He could care less about Tony Pollard's advanced metrics. Get, J- Zeke's going to work. Pollard might cut in a little bit more. But, like, Zeke's been top 10 every year still. Amidst all those same concerns. Amidst the decreasing uh, efficiency and production. Still top 10. What makes us think that he's just going to all of a sudden just make this, like, barely inside the top 20 dip? It baffles me. We will never understand, and we will just laugh in people's faces when we're right at, at the end of this year. We'll get to Zeke a little bit later on in the episode. I agree. We will be ready to say, ha, told you so at the end of the season. Uh, but let's jump into the actual breakdown in and of itself, starting with Ezekiel Elliott's Dallas Cowboys. But we won't start with Zeke. We won't We won't carry directly over, and we'll, we'll put it to rest for a moment. 
and then now that we have you know the foundation will really lay down the land will really lay down the rest of the the work afterwards but let's start with cd lamb probably the most popular player this year that people are picking to have a breakout season hands down hands down cd lamb is like if i were to give you a million bucks and you have to put it all on one player to have a breakout season you're probably going to put it on cd lamb I'm as my wide receiver six. Tyler, you have him as your wide receiver seven. Cameron at wide receiver eight. How much more do we need to say about the CD Lamb breakout season other than he's a third-year wide receiver, no more Amari Cooper, and this is still going to be a very balanced Dallas Cowboys passing attack? I mean, you know he'll give volume. Yes. And if everyone is very worried about the touchdowns, which I think a lot of us were like, he only hit six touchdowns last year. There's a nice little stat going around that Amari Cooper had 17 red zone targets last year. Sheesh, did he really? He had 17 red zone targets. <sighs> and those are just vacated now because he's in Cleveland now. Right. So where are they going to go? Dalton Schultz will probably get some. James Washington? No. I was just about to jokingly throw out his name. <laughs> Jalen Tolbert? No. Hey, sounds like he might start week one. No, that just came out today. <laughs> yeah, because who else would they start? I know that they have James Washington, but still, like. <laughs> so it's I, I, all that to say, it's not that far of a stretch to say that CeeDee Lamb gets at least half of those red zone targets. No, not a stretch. So the touchdowns go up, the volume goes up. There's a way that CD could honestly finish top five this year. There, there, there. I don't think that's all the realm of possibility. I don't know if why overall wide receiver one is in his range of outcomes, but probably not. If you said top five is in his range of outcomes, absolutely. I mean, I have him knocking on the door of that wide receiver six. I love CD this year. CD is one of my favorite players. He was uh, one of my favorite players to roster last year. Didn't quite return on value, but now I'm, I'm all in on CD Lamb. If I can get him mid second round, um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with that. Anything more you want to add on CD before we move on? I think that pretty much takes care of it, though. Nailed it. Let's talk about the other pass catcher, Dalton Schultz. I am as my tight end five. Tyler, you're at tight end six. Cameron's at tight end six. Is it possible, like, it's going to sound crazier. Like, is it possible we're, like, even too low on Dalton Schultz? Like, is there a, is there a world where Dalton Schultz could finish top three again? You know what? The more and more I think about it, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. Because I keep thinking about it. What's what's so different about his situation and Darren Waller's situation? Darren Waller has the better wide receiver in his offense. I would argue the better wide receiver, too, in his offense as well. Do you agree with Hunter Renfro? Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, who else is in that? George Kittle. Right? I mean, he, he's more of a focal point of that offense. But still. Can't stay on the field. I was going to say, he can't stay healthy. Right. So then that's when you get to the Kyle Pitts thing. Kyle Pitts, I have no clue to expect from Kyle Pitts. I haven't projected as my tight end three. I ain't taking him as the tight end three, though. I'm not drafting him as early as he's going. Mm -mm. So, like, you you throw those three out. You get to Schultz in my rankings. He sneaks right in. He sneaks right in. He was tight end three in 2021 with Amari Cooper, sixth in tight end targets, third in receptions, six in reception yards, eight touchdowns, which was the second most. There was four tied at first with nine touchdowns, but Dalton Schultz was right behind them with eight touchdowns. I just, everything, I'm looking at this and everything I see, top five, lock it in for me. Lock it in. It's going to be a Kittle, a Waller, or a Pitts that's going to fall in at six. I have it as Kittle right now. I Dalton Schultz could easily finish top three, and he is probably one of the best values in drafts. I believe he's going as tight end seven right now. Um, and I love, love snagging him, like in that sixth, seventh round range. If you can get a stack with Dak Prescott there too, that's a sneaky tight end quarterback stack. I actually really like this year. Um, don't have to spend up early on CD if you – want to stack a tight end and quarterback. That's one of the duos I would actually really recommend with how many touchdowns he'll be catching. So I think that's pretty much everything we need to cover with Dalton Schultz there. Uh, Anything you want to add? Nailed it. 
Ezekiel Elliott, finish your argument. I mean, I'm just going to, like, literally, I'm just going to step back. This is, like, your master class that you're running this offseason, and I'm <laughs> merely just an aspiring student. Um, you know, I'm, like, one of the apostles in this case, right, just taking notes on everything that's happening, uh, making sure it all gets translated properly. Um, yeah, I'll let you take the floor, man, because I have him as running back 13. You have him as – or Cameron has him at running back 11. You've got him top 10. Take it away. All right, so – a lot of, lot of credit needs to be given to, I'm going to butcher his name, but Dave Kluge. Absolutely crushed Nailed it. it. Nailed it. Okay. Like I said, a lot of credit goes to him. He had a tweet a while back. Ezekiel Elliott's season and fantasy finishes by year. Rookie in 2016, he was the RB2. 2017, only, only played 10 games. He finishes the RB10. 2018, the RB5, 2019, the RB4, 2020, the RB11, last year, the RB6. And somehow his ADP is in the late teens. Look, we're not going to deny the fact that he has a lot of mileage. The offensive line is a question mark. But what you cannot question at all is the fact, the fact, let me repeat it one more time, (laughs) the Fact it is factual that Ezekiel Elliott was top 10 in carries, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, carries inside the five, routes, targets, and receptions. Zeke is a focal point in this offense. That's not changing. I know that Tony Pollard got more usage last year, but guess what? They can both coexist and Z can still put up numbers like he did last year. So all this to say the fact that he's going as the RB 18 in drafts right now, if I'm not mistaken, RB 18 is an absolute joke. And we are also big fans of another running back who's getting disrespected on his ADP right now in Kareem hunt. And I'm telling you, if you can grab two receivers and Ezekiel Elliott falls to you in the third, and then you grab another receiver and then grab Kareem Hunt as your RB2. I really, that's like the best modified, and I say modified, modified zero RB. That's the best possible outcome. So I know some people are like, you have to go at least six rounds, which I would agree with. If you truly want to go zero RB, you go three wide receivers, quarterback, tight end. Right. And then you take a running back in the fifth round or sixth round, excuse me. But like, if you're doing modified, like, okay, I need to get one in the third round and then I'm not going until Kareem Hunt in the seventh. That's such a win. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, now I, I, I have to say, would Zeke and Kareem Hunt be like a league winning duo for no. you? Probably not. But the thing is, you can flip the value for someone, you know, that you know will produce. Like, a Dalvin Cook or a, I don't know, let's see, who's another? Uh, give me he has a like a Joe Mixon in that range. A Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. Yep. Right? Like you can go get one of those guys with Zeke or, you know, or even Cream Hunt because the value for them when you trade them away will be just tremendously higher than where you're getting them in drafts right now. Bingo. 100%. 100% agree. So how does Tony Pollard fit into this, though? Because you did acknowledge he did get more usage last year. Not more usage than Zeke, but more usage in general. Uh, How does Tony Pollard factor into this? Because you actually have him the highest ranked out of all three of us. Cameron and I have him at 32. You have him at 30. How does Tony Pollard factor into this whole Ezekiel Elliott puzzle for you? I, I, you can't deny the fact that over the past three years, Pollard has gotten more and more involved in the offense, right? Yeah. He started out with 86 attempts, then he went 101, then he went to 130 last year. Rushing yards, he went 455, 435, and then 719 last year. He's never really had rushing touchdown production, and you know why? Because Ezekiel Elliott's still on the team. <laughs> Okay, so there's because there's, they still have a, a, a dare I say star running back on their team. He at least holds star name value. 
star name value and a downhill runner that you need inside the five. Yep. Okay. Then the receiving work. 15 receptions on 20 targets the first year, 28 catches on 40 targets. And last year was 39 of 46 targets. The yardage went up, but he didn't score. So here's, here's what I'm fully expecting from Pollard this year. I'm expecting maybe like 15, 20 more carries. But the fact that the man had was averaging 5.5 yards per carry last year. That's crazy. Is not consist is not going to be consistent this year. No. So that's going to come back down. So the yardage is going to be not at, you know, not what you would expect for more carries, right? Based off of last year. Right. Again, no rushing touchdown upside because that's going to go to Zeke. Or Dak is going to throw it to CD or Dalton Schultz. Zach might call Zach. <laughs> man, Dak <laughs> might call his own number. Cowboys Honestly, have talked about letting him rush a little bit more this year, getting him more involved in uh, getting his legs involved again. So, I mean, Dak, mm-hmm. Dak could easily call his own number. We saw it the first few seasons before, you know, his leg decided to make a right angle. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's an image to keep in your head. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> in the receiving work, even if he gets more receiving work, because there have been – reports of him lining up in the slot and whatnot every running back is right now every running back is so even even i mean what was there was a stat that i mentioned to you guys a while ago if you flipped zeke and pollard's receiving stats last year instead of finishing as running back 28 last year pollard's like 26 28 zeke still finishes as the rb7 rb6 in some leagues like they can Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott can coexist in this offense. Both will be just fine. Both have value where they're at. And for those saying that Pollard has more value than Zeke right now, they're talking out of their butts right now. And you don't listen to them. I'm, I have to say it like that. I mean, Pollard's going as running back 32 in drafts right now. So he's going right about where he should be. Right, where, yeah, going, right where he should be. And Zeke's going, according to at least five spots below where we have him ranked, because I have him at 13. So that's at least five spots below. I don't know. I just, this whole, I feel like the Tony Polar narrative is getting out of hand. It's crazy. So we, it's crazy. we don't we don't want good running backs on our fantasy team anymore. No, we because don't. Because all, all in the name of draft value. Here's the funny thing, okay? I need to, I need to throw this out there because I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and this basically epitomizes the fantasy football community. We want to hate guys who effectively or efficiently do really well. I shouldn't say efficiently; Zeke hasn't been efficient, but but like Zeke's never going to get you lower than what twelve fantasy points a game. Probably he'll be somewhere around there every single game, which mm-hmm. is insanely safe for a running back. Oh, but we don't want him. He doesn't put up 20 plus point weeks for me. And that's true. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't really put up 20 plus point weeks anymore. It's not like he'll put up 16, 17, 18 every once in a while, but like you're not going to get an Austin Eckler, uh, Dalvin Cook, a Najee Harris type game from him anymore. But yet people want to hate, absolutely despise guys like Mike Williams who will put up the massive games. But then we'll only score eight points one week. Like, well, I don't want the inconsistency. Well, what do you want? <laughs> do you do you want consistently good, or do you want inconsistently great and terrible? <laughs> like, what do you want? That is Every- what I ask the people. What do you want? Because clearly, nothing is good enough unless if it's a top five running back on your team, which is what you want. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You should try and put as many of those people on your roster as possible. But when it comes to drafting these people, oh, man, I don't want to draft Zeke. Are you kidding me? He has no upside to him. Has no upside. His upside is that he's probably one of the safest running backs in fantasy football right now. He'll give you 14 on a given week for four straight weeks. I, I want that on my team. Everyone wants the high floor, even higher ceiling player. And I'm sorry. There's only two of those in fantasy football. <laughs> right. There's only two of them. That don't play quarterback. 
I, that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at because it sounds like we're punishing people for being consistently good. We're punishing them for punishing them for not being great every single week possible, and it's crazy to me. It's crazy. So draft Ezekiel Elliott. Do yourself a favor. Draft Ezekiel Elliott this year. You know, even draft Tony Pollard too. Even if you don't have Zeke on your team, he'll be a fine running back three for your team. I don't mind having Pollard as your running back three. Draft Pollard too. We're not anti-Pollard. We're just laying out the facts. We're pro Zeke. We we are much more pro Zeke than we are pro Pollard. In a world that's anti-Zeke, we are pro Zeke. That is where we'll leave it at. Dak Prescott, let's wrap up the Cowboys here. Uh, Top 10 quarterback for all of us. I have him at nine. Cameron has him at nine. You have him at 10. Here's all I'm going to say about Dak Prescott. Since he became the starter in 2016, here are his fantasy finishes. Quarterback 6, quarterback 10, quarterback 10, quarterback 2. Injured in 2020, right leg made, right ankle, no bueno. Quarterback 7 last year. All the man does is ball out for top 10 finishes. So I think he he probably one of the safest later quarterback i won't say late round because he's not really going late round but one of the safest quarterbacks to wait on in your draft if you get to the seventh round and you want to take a quarterback dak prescott is your guy between him and jalen hurts they're, they're going right around the same range which is insane to me we'll get to jalen hurts here in a little bit but yeah i will take dak prescott um later in drafts i will happily wait for him because all he does is pump out top 10 and he's consistent that's it that's all i need to say about dak prescott Michael Gallup currently going right around the wide receiver 45-46 range. Uh, you taking a shot on him this year coming off of an ACL tear. We'll see how he is. Um, yeah, g- give me your two cents. Give me give me 30 seconds on Michael Gallup because I know we all like him a little bit. Uh, the last time that he was a wide receiver two in Dallas, he finished as a top 20 wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, top 24 he was. Yeah, we'll play it safe and say top 24. I think he was wide receiver 22 or 24 for being exact. Yeah, and he was like top 20 in targets and catches yes, and correct. yards. Correct. I don't know if we can say that's going to be the exact same, but for the fact that you are taking a flyer on him, right, as a you know mid-40s wide receiver, he will return on value because he's the number two guy. And he, like, we were saying this last year, right, when Cooper and CD and Gallup were all playing together. Michael Gallup can be a wide receiver, too, on any other team. Yeah. He has talent. So he comes back. It may take him a couple of games, right? He'll be just fine. He'll come back. He'll outperform ADP. He's a, he's definitely a guy you should be looking at in the later rounds for wide receiver. Yeah, when he comes back, and we don't know when that is for sure, but when he does, he'll be a top 30 volume guy. And you're taking him as your wide receiver probably five, four or five in fantasy drafts. That's a great depth piece to have. Just sit on him for four weeks. Can always drop him if things start looking really grim. Uh, but no, yeah, I would agree. I, I think Michael Gallup is absolutely worth a, a late round flyer this year. Let's move on to the New York Giants here. And we'll clip through these a little bit quickly here. I want to make sure we have time for, for enough mailbag discussion we, here. We don't want to do we, a rapid fire mailbag again. <laughs> we, we had to give the Cowboys and specifically Zeke due diligence. That's all. That's very true because now this next team, the New York Football Giants, uh, don't have many players to talk about. I'm just going to be honest; they just, they, they just don't. don't. They just don't. The one player we should spend time on, though, Saquon Barkley. Tyler, you have met running back 14. Cameron at running back 15. I met running back 10. So I'm optimistic on Saquon Barkley, but but here's the thing: because I haven't projected at running back 10, does not automatically mean I am smashing that draft button in the second round on Saquon Barkley. Because if I can get him in the third round at a cheaper value, oh, happily, happily, I will take a shot on Saquon Barkley in the third round. Haven't been able to much recently because it seems like I always get sniped on Saquon in like the early third round um, versus the middle to late third round is when I would like to ideally draft him. Long story short, here's my projection for Saquon Barkley, why I still have him top 10 in my projections. 239 attempts. So he's not getting a buttload of volume, right? Like they're not going to run him for 275 plus attempts this year. Uh, I think Matt Breida will get some run. Uh, They just drafted a rookie too. Did they not? I can't remember his name, but I am Matt Breida is the guy I'm trusting as the backup there. I think he'll give Matt Breida some run. 980 yards, 
So he won't even hit a thousand yards. Eight rushing touchdowns, though. I expect this team to be better under Brian Dable. I expect them to get into scoring position more often. Brian Dable ran an incredibly efficient offense in Buffalo. Um, I'm not calling Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, or Kenny Galladay, Stefan Diggs. Don't get me wrong. Like there is talent discrepancy there, but my goodness, we saw it, it was an awful year for um, the Giants last year. Even in 2019, when the Giants were just trash, right? Like they could they couldn't get the ball in the scoring position then either. Saquon Barkley still had six t- six touchdowns in 13 games, so I don't think eight is out of the realm of possibility for Saquon. Receiving work, 60 receptions on 80 targets, three receiving touchdowns. Saquon was on pace for 90 targets in 2019 and 75 targets last season. Obviously, his rookie season, he had, what, 105, I think he did, 104 targets. And all the reports coming out of camp are saying they want to get Saquon Barkley involved in the passing attack. They want to see that similar to rookie season usage. Say no more. I think 80 is a fine number. It's a modest number. Uh, great check down valve option for, for Daniel Jones. I, I'm in on Saquon Barkley. I'm in on Saquon Barkley. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think the Giants are going to be great this year, but like Saquon Barkley is talented enough as a running back. If he can stay on the field, which talk to any injury analyst, they will say all of Saquon Barkley's injuries have been freak injuries. Like that, his ankle roll last year, Literally stepped on another dude's shoe. Uh, and if you're going full speed with the football in your hands and you step on someone else's shoe, that ain't the same as me just tripping over someone's foot in public and rolling my ankle. Like, it is very, very different, okay? So I'm still in on Saquon Barkley. I'm not drafting him at running back 10 because nobody, nobody's drafting him there. So I'm going to try and get him out of value if I can. But he's also not a guy that I'm like, oh, crap. I missed out on Saquon Barkley for the eighth draft in a row. Like if I don't get Saquon Barkley, okay, I just don't have the risk of him on my team, but I am more than willing to take a shot on him in the third round. Anything you want to add on Saquon Barkley? Nope. You nailed it. Between these two wide receivers, move on to them now. Um, Neither of them are super exciting when Daniel Jones is your quarterback. Um, (laughs) Between Galladay or Tony, who would you rather take a shot on your fantasy drafts? Because both of them are going you know, between picks 40 and 55, right? So if you have to pick one in that range, who are you taking? I I lean Galladay just because I know the player that is Galladay. I don't really know the player in Kadarius Tony, and especially with his new system that's coming in. Yep. I So, yeah, like I said, I'm guard dog. Guard dog. I am leaning Galladay, but I could probably be talked into Kadarius Tony. I will never jump on Kenny Galladay, but I've been able to get Kadarius Tony for a decent value in drafts where I'm like, he's my last wide receiver. I'll take a flyer on Kadarius Tony. He threw up a 20, 29 point game last year. Uh, Dable likes using the slot wide receiver. That fits into Kadarius Tony's uh, uh, wheelhouse there. So, I have Galladay ranked higher, but I think I'd be more willing to take the shot on Tony because I can get him later. That's where I kind of stand on that. Um, That Ultimately, either guy you think will be someone in your starting lineup this year for fantasy? No. Maybe a couple weeks you can take a flex flex flyer on a Tony or Galladay like I did last year. I actually smoked my opponent with Kadarius Tony when I started him for his 29-point week. I flexed all over my league that week. I did not shut up about it. So look at me. I'm so smart. I'm so smart. Um, <laughs> Wandale Robinson, next Debo Samuel, yes or no? No. Oh, I saw man. another video on TikTok. Another one? I won't say who it is. I was outraged. I was is outraged. someone that we've talked about before? Not as in depth, no. Have I? Have we? Have if you were to tell me the name of the person, would I? Oh, you know exactly. Recognize it? Yeah, you would exactly. You know exactly who it is. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I saw that video. Shut up on Wandale being the next Debo. Okay. He's not. He transferred out of Nebraska because he didn't want to be a running back. Do you think he wants to be used as a running back in the NFL and with Saquon Barkley on that team? Like I. I'm sorry. I don't think Wandale wants to be used as a gadget guy. I just don't. I firmly believe that. I don't I don't think if he's going to be a gadget guy in the NFL, that's not why. I, 
he probably got drafted with that in his arsenal teams recognizing that but like to say he's the next debo we need to cut it out well in 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 here's the thing it took three years for debo to really kind of like have a debo season yes yes it doesn't just magically happen it takes years to get that kind of production yes can we please stop piping up rookie wide receivers too? Like it's one thing if it's, if it's Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burks, like I get that. Like when you're like, okay, these are the, you know, arguably the top three wide receivers in this class, Chris Olave, even I'd, I'd allow Chris Olave to slide in there because you know, he's on the saints and we don't know what's going to happen. Michael Thomas, like I'll allow speculation around there. But then I hear like, you know who you really need to keep an eye on this year, Jahan Dotson. He looks really good in camp. I say, not with Carson Wentz on that team. <laughs> no, okay, okay, but 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 hear me out. Christian Watson in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers hates rookie wide receivers. Okay, okay, but wait, but wait, but wait. Sky Moore in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. These are rookie wide receivers. They suck the first half of every single rookie season. Unless if their names are Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson, what, sat out the first two weeks of his rookie season? We need to quit hyping up these rookie wide receivers like they're something. They're talented. They absolutely are. But for fantasy their first year, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not push these crazy agendas that are unattainable for these rookie wide receivers. We need to cut it out. I understand people are doing it. Oh, it's just an attention getter, but it's a it's it's a crap attention getter. It's so bad. It's not even close to true. If we want to lose people their leagues, be my guest and keep promoting rookie wide receivers. We will do our own thing and tell you straight up, be wary on the rookie wide receivers this year. Yep. Kirk Cousins in the Debo role. Best tweet I ever saw in my lifetime. <laughs> like we're getting to that point. Who do we want to put in the Debo role today? Uh, I want Johnny Hecker in the Debo role. <laughs> That's going to be a new segment on the pod. Who's in the Debo role today? Young Way Koo in the Debo role today. <laughs> that's, going to be a new, that's going to be our new segment. Who's in the Debo role today? <laughs> I love it. We need it. We need it now. Daniel Jones? Yes or no? Not in the Debo no. role, but Daniel Jones in general. <laughs> no. I would agree. I think I'm, I'm optimistic for Daniel Jones. In single quarterback I, leagues, I don't really want him. Two quarterback leagues, I'm a little bit more interested because if I can play him at a super flex and I have the choice to start Daniel Jones or like a high upside player in my super flex, if you give me a decision, I'll take Daniel Jones in a two quarterback league. But yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say optimistic. I would say hopeful just because he fair. finally has like a competent coach and fair. system now. Yep. But I, there's still a lot of question marks with the guy. 100% agree. I I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I, I think hopeful is probably the better word. Optimistic makes me it makes me sound like I think he can be top fifteen, and I don't think that. So let's move on to the Eagles, and let's move on to their quarterback, who I am very optimistic on for twenty twenty one. Tyler, you have Jalen Hurts as your quarterback seven, Cameron at quarterback six. I'm gonna get nice and close to the mic for this one. I have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback four going into this. Whoa. I'm not crazy. Okay. I'm not crazy because uh, I believe it's Jason Moore and and Mike, the fancy hitman, right? Of fancy footballers. I'm pretty sure they have Jalen Hurts as their quarterback too. each of them. Jeez. So that's a little bit rich for my liking, but my, my hot take, it wouldn't even have been a hot take. Like, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a top five quarterback this year. I don't have any questions on that whatsoever. Um, let all quarterbacks in rushing attempts last year. Granted, Lamar Jackson did miss a few games and he was on pace for like 175 rushing attempts last year. Okay. Like, Lamar's still going to lead all quarterbacks in rushing, but Jalen Hurts is going to be right on his tail. Like, Jalen Hurts is going to see another 140 rushing attempts this year. I don't doubt that whatsoever. He's going to call his own number more times than not because that's the strength of his game. Like, just because I got A.J. Brown does not mean Jalen Hurts is going to become a pocket passer. That's not the strength of his game, okay? Jalen Hurts rushed for 10 touchdowns last year. Do you know that? Double-digit touchdowns he rushed for. 
It's pretty impressive. He's going to continue to call his number at the goal line. Okay, don't get it twisted. Like, I know we want to be hopeful on Miles Sanders and him scoring more touchdowns this year. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Miles Sanders won't. He, he'll score more than zero touchdowns this year. I'd, I'd put money on it. If his line's at half a touchdown, I'd take the over, right? Like, let's not be stupid. But Jalen Hurts is going to call his number at the goal line because as soon as the Eagles get inside of the 10-yard line, Jalen Hurts is running back one. I don't care who you are. No more Jordan Howard there. He's kind of the power back. I don't think Boston Scott scores seven touchdowns this year. That was just kind of a, like, nobody could stay healthy on the Eagles last year, and so Boston Scott was the most healthy of them all and (laughs) just kind of started racking up touchdowns. I love Jalen Hurts. Okay, I just love Jalen Hurts because running quarterbacks are just a cheat code in fantasy football. He gets uh, AJ, excuse me, gets AJ Brown on the outside as an upgrade, right? So we'll see if Jalen Hurts progresses in in terms of his passing talent. I'd like to think he does in his second full year as the starter. Like you can only get better the longer you are in the NFL until you kind of hit that point where you decline, right? But like Jalen Hurts is still young; he can improve on his passing game. His rushing upside is just money in the bank, though. Give me that. 140 rushes this year. Give me an, give me another eight to nine touchdown season. Give me a better uh, a better passing season from Jalen Hurts and more passing touchdowns in there, potentially. Like, I'm all in on Jalen Hurts, man. He's going in the seventh round. If you give me the choice between who's going who's going as quarterback three or four right now, well, uh, Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson, like the third or fourth round, I'll take Jalen Hurts in the seventh. 24-7, 365. Seven days Patty, a week, twice on Sunday. Patty Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Oh, just piss me off! Why don't you? <laughs> we'll we'll save my my Patrick Mahomes rant for the AFC West if if, if his ADP doesn't get fixed by then. In fact, he's going to quarterback too is asinine. Um, Jalen Hurts, I love him this year though. I love Jalen Hurts. Um, to keep things moving, I'm just going to move us right on to AJ Brown, uh, the newly acquired AJ Brown, the shiny new toy for Jalen Hurts this year. Wide receiver 15 for me, wide receiver 16 for you, Tyler. Wide receiver 13 for Cameron. I wish he was on because I want Cameron to explain why he's still top 15 on A.J. Brown. I'm like barely there, and I'm ready to push him down a little bit further. I know I just said Jalen Hurts is going to get better, but riddle me this. Is he going to be better than Ryan Tannehill? That's a passing quarterback. No. (laughs) I don't think he will be either. And like, I'm not calling Ryan Tannehill this like, all pro quarterback. Don't get me. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, but Ryan Tannehill is a better passing quarterback than Jalen hurts. I don't think that's a discussion. So downgrades at quarterback. AJ Brown also goes to the team. If you thought the Tennessee Titans ran the ball a ton last year, he just went to the team. That was the only team that run the ball more than the Tennessee Titans last year. So you're not getting any, any more, um, you're not getting any more volume in the passing attack if you're H.A. Brown. You're probably getting relatively the same, if not less, which we'll get to in a minute. In terms of his fantasy points per target, even coming from Ryan Tannehill, 53rd amongst wide receivers last year. 53rd in fantasy points per target. Now, sometimes that stat can be you know, flawed when you have some guys who only have like 20 targets on a season, but they have you know seven fantasy points a target because you know they're just a deep threat, right? Um, but... AJ Brown at his ADP of wide receiver 11. I just want nothing to do with. I want, n- there's too many red flags for me to take him as a top 12 wide receiver as a, as a wide receiver one for your team, potentially in a 12 man, like that's going as a wide receiver one for your team. I want nothing to do with AJ Brown at his ADP. Um, Uber talented player, Uber talented player. I love AJ Brown as a talent, but for fantasy at his ADP, I'm out. Let's put it this way. I feel more confident in DJ Moore being a wide receiver one for my team than I do with AJ Brown. I think I feel about the same. I feel about the same. And I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot. Let's move on to Devonta Smith. I am pretty low, actually. Wide receiver 43. Cameron at wide receiver 37. Tyler, you have him as your wide receiver 35. Glimmer of hope for Devonta Smith this year. Give me your thoughts there. I think the the only kind of hope really is that he's just a downfield guy, right? Sure. Like they kind of needed him to do a lot of everything last year because he was really the only wide out. 
now that AJ Brown's there, that's just going to suck targets or not targets. It's going to suck coverage over towards AJ Brown a little more. Um, but look, Devontae Smith finished his wide receiver 30 last year, and his ceiling is certainly capped, right? But I still think there's there's a chance of him being a flex play. You know, he he can be on the fringe. Right. Like, and I think that's where we all are kind of at with him is he's like, he's a fringe flex play. And you know that AJ Brown's going to miss like two or three games. Likely. Yeah. So Devontae Smith then becomes number one option in that offense. And I mean, I've got him statted out for a little under 70 catches at 67. I got him at 108 targets, 900 yards, six touchdowns. So not a terrible line. It's not a terrible line, but just there are other wide receivers that are going to produce more, just a little bit more. And again, just with the question mark of how this offense will look with AJ Brown now, you I can understand the hesitancy. I'm still a little hesitant on drafting on oh my goodness, on drafting Devontae Smith this year. But I think if he starts to fall on your draft a little bit and you're looking at a wide receiver, you know in that wide receiver 40 range. Right, like if you can if you can snag him as your wide receiver four, that's a nice little pickup. I think that's a nice little pickup. I don't think he's gonna do anything flashy this year, but he'll he'll be a solid depth piece on your team that you can include in a trade package, most likely to upgrade somewhere else. Someone will say, Oh, you know, Devonta Smith actually not as bad as I probably initially thought, which is how a lot of those guys, you know, in the 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 thirties and forties are probably gonna go this year. Dallas Goddard, tight end nine for all of us. Anything more we really need to say other than he's just kind of in the crapshoot range of tight ends. Like now that AJ, I, I was all in on Dallas Goddard for this year until they traded for AJ Brown. And I'm like, well, now he's not going to get an increase in volume. I like AJ Brown is going to steal so many targets. Like that's just somebody where like it, it's touchdown upside for Dallas Goddard. And it's the fact that Jalen Hurts likes utilizing him in this offense. So he's not going to be left for dead. You can count on that but I don't feel good about putting him inside of my top eight borderline top 10. I'm just kind of like, you know, even if I have him at 11, like uh, that, I don't feel bad about that. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing him a disservice. He's, he's just in the crapshoot territory. That's yeah. just, that's just where he is. He's the top of the crapshoot category. I would agree. He's like the best tight end you can have in the crapshoot category. We have to wrap this this segment up though. Sorry, were you adding something there at the end? Oh no, no, no. Okay, I couldn't. I, I heard something I couldn't tell. We have to wrap up the Eagles though with our man, our man Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, we 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 love you, man. We we really do. We mean no ill will against you whatsoever. <laughs> but when you tell fantasy managers not to draft you, hey, we're happily. We haven't. I, us here at the fellas have not been. I may have him rostered in my in our dynasty league, but. I got him for dirt cheap, dirt cheap. <laughs> I got him for, for a high upside piece that I didn't have to give up many high upside pieces for all that to say, everyone who's harping on miles Sanders saying, watch, he's going to be that guy this year. It, it's deja vu, man. I heard this last year. We'll hear it again. Mid season. You want to who's a great buy low candidate right now? Miles, miles Sanders. Sanders. I'm sorry, when you're fourth in red zone rushing attempts on your own team, that doesn't give me confidence that you're going to score four or five plus touchdowns. Like four, I think is, I think I have Miles Sanders even projected for six this year, and I feel pretty generous at that. I think I do too. But just one of those where Kenneth Gainwell is there. He's going to steal receiving work. Jalen Hurts is going to call his own number. There's Boston Scott who's going to steal rushing work, and Kenneth Gainwell is going to get hits, right? Like it's a committee. Okay, let's call it what it is. Even though Miles Sanders does get the most rushing attempts out of all of them, the the, the secondary work gets split between Gainwell and Boston Scott. A committee is not just limited to two guys who each have over 100 touches, okay? He's in a committee. Let's not get it twisted. He's in a committee. His ADP of running back, look, his ADP of running back 27, it's not bad. It's not bad, but I he could be someone else's headache. I just don't want to roster him. Miles Sanders could be somebody else's headache. And when he says not to draft him, I'll listen. I won't draft him. 
Let's breeze through the Washington Commanders here to close things out. Starting with Terry McLaurin, Tyler wide receiver 17 for you. Cameron has him at oof, wide receiver 24. That's lower than I expected. I'm as my wide receiver 19. Uh, I feel pretty good about that projection. I was toying around with with his projection and a few others, and I, I think I came to a conclusion that 19 feels about right for Terry. But you have him at 17. Um, you're the highest on him. What? People are screaming Terry's like a top 15 option now. Okay. Like he's going as wide receiver 14 on sleeper. Like, can we just like slow the brakes on that? Help the people just slow the roll a little bit on that. Uh, well, Terry McLaurin suffers. I don't know if there's a specific name for this yet, but Terry McLaurin suffers from the overhype of the talent of the NFL player. And that drives up his fantasy value, but the situation that he's in is not the most ideal. I think we, we would say that he's top 15 wide receiver talent wise in the league. Right. I think we can understand an argument. Oh, can't tell if I lost Tyler there. Did you lose me? I think I lost you. Uh Oh, uh oh. You're good. You're back now, though. Someone's hogging the Wi Fi. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> where did you lose me at? Not going to lie. I forgot. <laughs> okay. Well, low budget. Just start over from suffers from. We're not sure if there's a name for it. And I'll cut this okay. up. Okay. So I don't really know if there's a name for this, but Terry McLaurin suffers from the hype of being a good NFL talent wide receiver. And it drives up his fantasy value. But when you look at the situation and whatnot, it's not, it's not ideal. Ideal. Yeah. That being said though, I think there should be reason for him to be a, not necessarily safer, but like a solid wide receiver two option. Because his quarterback, Carson Wentz, is coming from Indy, where he, he did support a top 20 wide receiver last year, Michael Pittman. Yeah. So, and I think Pittman, I mean, Pittman's a bigger body for sure. But him and McLaurin are the possession type receivers. And um, that's the kind of receiver that Carson Wentz trusts a lot. Yes. So I can understand why you want to be out, because I know the stats last year for him were just not great Great. at all (laughs) um but i think yes even if carson wentz is his quarterback he still gets you know steady steady production you can make an argument he's outside of top 20 i think you and i would say he's like you know on the back end of the teens back end of the teens feels about right i'm not taking him earlier than 15 i am not taking him earlier than 15 17 would probably be the earliest I take him, depending who's he's, on the board. He's a late four. Is would that be a late fourth? Maybe yeah, that'd be, mid, be like mid fourth. Yeah, like uh, mid fourth would I feel comfortable, but like early fourth, no. Late third, even heck no. No, no, I don't want Terry anywhere in the third round or the fourth round. If I can get him in the fifth, I think I'll be okay. Awesome. With it. Awesome. That'd be great for Terry. Uh Jahan Dotson, a lot of buzz coming out of camp about him. You keep it any tabs on him this year? No, not at all. I'm not either. Carson Wentz hasn't heavily utilized a wide receiver too typically. Um, I mean, with Doug Peterson, who just runs an uber-efficient West Coast RPO hybrid-style offense, he did. But, like, no, I I, I don't know. Jahan Dawson's probably looked good. I believe all the hype, but I'm not keeping many tabs on him. Antonio Gibson. I'm as my running back 20. I'm actually the highest on him. I didn't realize this. Tyler, you're at 21. Cam's at running back 22. Here's what's crazy, though. In best ball drafts, Antonio Gibson's ADP is running back 25. And you just got Antonio Gibson, what, in the sixth round? Sixth seventh round. round? Oh, my goodness. Sixth round. It's like I... Everybody is saying to fade Antonio Gibson. That's becoming the, the popular take this offseason. Fade Antonio Gibson. Fade Antonio Gibson. Yes. But why are we fading him outside of the top 25? Like, are we just going to pretend he hasn't been a top 10 running back the past two years, top 12 running back the past two years? Thank you for saying that. <laughs> like, like uh, Brian Robinson is going to come in and take in work. Of course he is. Ron Rivera flat out says he's going to be a one-two punch, right? 
going to take Brian Robinson's going to take goal line short yardage work scenarios from Antonio Gibson. No, I, like he's made it very clear, but like, so we're fading a guy who was top 12 to not even a running back two anymore. <laughs> Just because of one guy who, who keep in mind, people aren't drafting inside of the top 50 running backs. <laughs> Nobody's mm-hmm. drafting Brian Robinson right now. <laughs> Yet we're fading Gibson to outside of the top 25, top 24. Come on, people. I think that's all we really need to say on Gibson. I think he'll be like he'll be a wide or a wide receiver, a running back two for your team. Excuse me, but come on, people, really? I mean, to me, Gibson is the ideal like running back two, running back three to grab if you're going to go three running backs. Here's the crazy thing: you go walk out of the first six rounds: Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks. Insert another wide receiver, and Antonio Gibson. That's really solid. What are we doing, people? What are we doing? Speaking of Brian, go ahead. You're going to add something. No, just just move on. Yeah, people just make it make sense. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Brian Robinson, uh, I am the highest ranked out of all of us running back 48. You both have him outside of the top 50. I think Brian Robinson is going to be one of those like, mid-season running back pickups for people where it's like he'll have a few games where it's like oh you know what i'm like my my lowest draft running back on my team is only scoring like four points right now but brian robinson scoring eight and a half he scored eight and a half for three weeks in a row okay i'll take him on my roster and then you know he'll score four points for the next four weeks and then you'll drop him again but like i don't know something in me says like brian robinson could sneaky be one of those running backs this year that like has a couple games where he just pops, right? Where he has a couple of 12, 13, 14 point games because, you know, he'll get 10 rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown, right? Like something like that will happen this year. Um, And especially with Antonio Gibson and his, you know, injuries over the past couple of years, like that's no guarantee that he's on the field 24 seven either. So I think if you draft Gibson, it's worth drafting Robinson 100%. Yeah. I should say 100%, but one of those guys will get the goal line work. Yes. And whoever does then has the value. Yes. 100% agree. Uh, Carson Wentz, yes or no? Yes, and two QBs. No, for, yeah, probably not for anywhere else. Would agree there. Logan Thomas, any interest in him at tight end? Maybe a little bit, just being a bigger target in the red zone, but uh, the commanders almost botched that the commanders, they want to run the ball in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. Um, who wins the division this year? I'm going to say the Cowboys. Cause I think, I mean, here's the stat about the Eagles, right? Cause everyone's like, Oh, the Eagles are going to win the East this year. All wins except for one, and the Eagles went nine and eight. Okay, yep. they're they a five hundred team. The one game that they won against a team over five hundred was the New Orleans Saints. Every other team they played and beat was under five hundred. Yep. This team, like the Arizona Cardinals, are going to come back to reality this year and going to be bum average. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree a hundred percent. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys here as well. Least confident or most confident player you have ranked in this division. Zeke. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would allow it. I would allow it. Um, most confidence, probably CD Lamb, honestly. Yeah, I think I lean Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts. And I am Uber in on Jalen Hurts. Least confident player you have drafted or drafted, ranked least confident. <clears throat> Um, I will say probably AJ Brown. Yeah. I, ironically enough, I think I would agree with that. Um, him or Devonta Smith. I think it comes down to for me, him or Devonta Smith. Cause I think I could be more in on Devonta Smith, but I'm just not unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So Let's uh, we're hitting an hour here, but we got to wrap up with a few mailbag questions here. So let's get into those. Tyler, it's going to be a QB themed mailbag for this episode. Uh, Let's start with Martin underscore Ethan 11. If you were Baker, 
Would you rather have the Browns from the start of last year or the Panthers this year? Which situation would you rather be in? Give me the Panthers this year. I think I agree. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think I agree. I know that Cleveland has the offensive line and the run game. Um, I just like the weapons in Carolina a little bit more. I know that, like, yes, like there's a whole old Dell thing and, you know, and he's had different receivers and never had like consistent wide receivers, but that's also partly on him. But look, when you have the opportunity to play with Christian McCaffrey, guys like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson on the outside, those are steady weapons to, to have. So I, I'll take Carolina actually. If you're going to give me a system that's allow, going to allow me to get into a rhythm as a quarterback, I'll take Carolina because Kevin Stefanski said, hey, Baker, I want you to turn around and just shove the ball in Nick Chubb's gut every play. Mm-hmm. Except on third downs. Third downs, we need you to throw the ball, actually. But <laughs> Well, they wanted, they wanted him to be like Kirk Cousins. And Baker's not Kirk Cousins. Baker is not Kirk Cousins. So I think, I think if – if the Panthers allow him to huck the ball around a little bit more, I think we might get more of a rookie season Baker Mayfield this year. Which was a quarterback 16 finish in fantasy that year. Just, right. Just, just something to keep an eye on. Right. So I think if the Panthers allow him to huck the ball around a little bit, we could get a rookie rookie season Baker in Carolina. So uh, I would agree. I think I lean Carolina. That, that shocks me that I'm saying that, though. Mm-hmm. We're going to combine um, these next two questions here. Uh, one from Layden Coral and uh, Nick the Bass God. Let's talk about our top three quarterbacks for fantasy football, and we'll each provide one sleeper quarterback. We'll kind of merge those two there. So our top three quarterbacks, I think, no question, one and two, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert for, for both of us. And do you have Kyler Murray at three? I do have Kyler at three. I have Kyler at three as well. So we are in agreement there. Josh Allen at one, Herbert at two, Kyler at three. Sleeper quarterback for this year. Trevor Lawrence. I love that. I love that. I can't wait to talk about the AFC South. I mean, <laughs> I, I really, I, I'm not all that excited, but like there's the a Jaguars. few players in there that I think could be sleeper-ish for this next year. Yeah, I mean, I almost said Ryan Tannehill. Because what I don't know what his ADP is right now, but I know in like best ball, Tannehill's ADP is quarterback twenty three. Yep, and that's outrageous to me. <laughs> I know that he didn't look good in the playoffs, but like the man rushes for at least five touchdowns a year. He was at quarterback least. twelve still last year. I exactly. <laughs> he was still quarterback twelve last year. So Matt or not Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is still a serviceable quarterback. I don't know if he's my my sleeper though, because I think that, that that's a good one. I th- I still think people are sleeping on Kirk Cousins though, man. Yeah, I think I have to go. I think I have to go Kirk because the people don't want to admit that he's been a top twelve quarterback six of the past seven seasons. Nobody Same. wants nobody wants to admit that, and then he gets the guy who unlocked Matthew Stafford in that Rams offense last year. I mean, I can't, not all the credit goes to O'Connell, right? Like it wasn't McVay's system, but like if you could bring that, and I'm not saying we should expect a Stafford like season from Kirk, but I'm sorry. Kirk's going to get the opportunity to huck around the ball a bit more this year, and he's still been quarterback 12 6 of the past seven seasons. Enough said. Quit sleeping on Kirk. If you draft Justin Jefferson in the first round, punt on quarterback the rest of the draft. Just stack them with Kirk. Just like I have in all of our mock drafts so far. Just punt and stack them with Kirk. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. That wraps out another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. Tyler, anything we need to add that we may have missed or didn't talk about on this episode? Let's do one quarterback that we're out on this year. Okay. How are we basing this on? Uh, Because I can tell you one that I'm out on based on ADP. But, I think I think we go ADP, but then also mix in just kind of like personal preference, if you know what okay. I mean. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, ADP, Patrick Mahomes. I want nothing to do with him. Ooh. I mentioned that in this episode already. I want Ooh. nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes at his second round, AD, or at his third round ADP. I'm out there. We just lost so many people. <laughs> uh, dude, he's the best quarterback in the league. Can I give that disclaimer? He's the best yeah. quarterback in the NFL. 
Yeah. He shouldn't be taken as a top two quarterback in fantasy football, though. How do you? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get him. I, I can't. I got to save my Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm out on Patrick Mahomes on ADP. Save it. <laughs> I'm out on Aaron Rodgers. That's the, and if I, and if I wasn't going on ADP, I would say Aaron Rodgers as well. I, Man, we're choosing two greats in the league right now. <laughs> Burrow is close. Here, here. How about this? Tua Tag of I Law. I'm out on Tua. Yes, I'm out on Tua. I think people are expecting him to throw the ball 35 times a game this year. That's not a Mike McDaniel offense. It's not. It's really it's not, not a Mike McDaniel offense to throw the ball 35 times a game. So that's who I'm out on. I'm out on two attack of my law. That's who I'll say I'm out on. Someone who, who the public is very like top 12 upside. No. We were saying this last year with Tua. Yeah, we were saying are top we 15, except and now all of a sudden, oh, he gets Tyreek Hill top 12. No. <laughs> Let's not be silly. Let's not be too silly. All right, let's close it out here. FF fellas on Twitter, the FF fellas on Instagram, fantasy football fellas, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. We hit 90,000 followers. Can you believe that? That's crazy to me. I'm going to be posting some content next week. Uh, I got a chance to share our story a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it, though. I got a chance to reminisce on the start of the fantasy football fellows podcast today and where it's kind of taken us over this past year. Um, it's been a ride, man. It's been a ride. And we're grateful for all of you. It's been a ride. We got, we got some exciting things coming up soon. Um, I gosh, I can't, I wish I could just say it right now, but I got to let it sit. I got to sit and marinate for the perfect marketing opportunity. You have to, you all, you all as fans have things to look forward to. So thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for staying tuned, staying tuned with us. Um, three Stooges being dudes. Just Lucas and Tyler right now, though. Fantasy football, fellas. Cameron will be back next week. He'll be back with another divisional breakdown. And also, uh, some, I believe, some overrated and underrated players based on ADP. And you already know how we're going to base that next week. I'm looking forward to that episode. I can't wait. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football, fellas. We will see you all next week. Deuces. Deuces.